LifeSite readers probably have seen the name of Father Jesus Mary Misigbeto. He's the priest of Opus Dei who has been heavily sanctioned by the Vatican for writing to Pope Francis his concerns about what Pope Francis has been doing to the detriment, to the great detriment of the church. It's a very interesting inside look at a priest in West Africa, in the Ivory Coast, and you're going to get to see him here. Stay tuned for this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Father Jesus, Mary, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. Father, if you could lead us. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. You are sort of in the midst of controversy right now because, well, your, your story is becoming very well known in that you've chosen to speak out. What were, first of all, your motivations for speaking out? First of all, I want to apologize to your followers because my English is not very good. So I will do my best. I'm a French native speaker. So I will do my best to make me understood. <laughs> my motivation is very simple, very simple. We are Catholics. We are I'm priests. I have many people, many friends who are faithful Catholics. And we are surprised with the, the teaching coming from the, the Vatican. As you know, with John Paul II and Pope Benedict, things are clear. But now we see a lack of ambiguity. Responses are not clear. Answers are, are strange. So in the beginning, we don't believe that something wrong is, was happening. Uh, since uh, 2013, the beginning of the, the, the pontificate of Pope Francis. And when we arrived to 2016, uh, we were deeply surprised with uh, Amoris Laetitia and, and so on. The year after, and I think the, the, the most, uh, the high level was in 2020 with the declaration of Pope Francis about sexual coexistence laws. It was incredible because it's something very dangerous for families, for, for the church itself, for the vocations, vocation of priesthood, vocation of religious life, the education of, of the children, so many consequences, so many. Terrorism against Christians because the Muslims didn't identify uh, the Catholic religion with the perversion of some European people. So they think that Christianism is, is, is equal to Europe. So if Pope Francis is permitting or allowing uh, same-sex union laws, they will see the Catholic Church in the same, uh, in the same group with all the perversion of, of, of European uh, nations. That's actually very interesting because... These sort of unforeseen, perhaps, consequences of getting together with the worldly ideology, perhaps, you know, is, is unforeseen. So in Africa, a lot of the countries where there is Muslim rule, the Catholic Church 
might have been previously seen as at least supporting the normal family order, and thus the the ruling powers wouldn't see it as a threat to the family. But with Pope Francis going down the road of recognizing same-sex civil unions, in fact, almost encouraging them legally, then you get a threat to the state, at least perceived so as uh, as so by Muslim governments. And so that would be a threat to the family, thus a threat to society. And perhaps then it's the Catholic Church, per se, bringing in sort of these Western ideals of, you know, homosexuality, which, of course, is abhorred in uh, much of Africa, especially in Muslim Africa. My motivation is very simple. It's the Vatican have to speak clearly and follow the traditional path of the church, not go out, because the tradition is the preservation of the truth. And it's the, 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 the way, the most sure way to go to heaven. So this is my motivation, uh, to help Pope Francis understand that it's better to follow the path of St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict. And all the pop, the saint pops we have, there are many, there are so many. So Pope Francis have to, to follow the path of these, these, saint, these, these, saint, these holy pops. For doing what you've done, for being willing to speak out to, in very much love, anyone who reads your letters to the Pope recognizes that you love the Pope and you're doing this for his good. I love him too much, too much, too much, John Harry, too much. It's... I could tell you, if I had the possibility to meet Pope Francis, I will kiss him. I will say, please, you have to rectify. You have to rectify. Or you must rectify. I think must is most is, is strong in English. You must rectify because it's very important to, to follow the path, the traditional path to the church. Because it's the path of the truth. If the church go out this path, we are in danger. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been a priest? What's your story? How did you come to the priesthood? If you could just summarize for us. Things begin, I will say, at my 13. My father told me, my mother too, when we come back from the mass, and I also I remember, later I remember, yeah, if they were true. When we came back from the mass, I used to, I used to reproduce what happened in, in the church at home with my, my brothers and my sisters. <laughs> so I think that it comes, it's something which comes natural, naturally, yes, little by little. And at my 15, my father put me in touch with a friend, a friend of our family. He's a priest of Benin, West Africa Republic, yes. My 17, I met uh, Opus Dei, and in this moment, I was speaking more to a work in the, in the world, yes. And the vocation, the priestly vocation was not, I would say it was not high, yes. But there was a desire of great sanctity, of holiness, but put in the work. It's after my vocation at Obuse that the vocation at priesthood, I will say that it, it comes back. I discovered that in Opus Dei, it was possible to be a priest. 
So I, I, I wrote to the prelate and told, told him that in the future, if it was possible, I would like to be a priest of Opus Dei. So in 2006, I go to Rome to study uh, theology and uh, later in Spain to, to, to make my specialization in philosophy. The 5th of May, 2012, I was ordained a priest at uh, Rome. You became a priest right before Pope Francis became Pope. Very interesting indeed, because you, you spent all of your formative years under John Paul II and, and Pope Benedict. Now that you've experienced what you have with regard to the sanctions, first of all, explain to everybody, if you would, what sanctions are you under currently? Okay, the sanctions are, uh, it's impossible for me to, to receive confessions. It's impossible to, to hear confessions, yes. It's impossible to, to preach. I, I, I can preach. Another thing, it's impossible for me to, to celebrate the Mass publicly, yes. And uh, all this, all this was, was come, come from February, February of this year. But now with the validation of Pope Francis, they include the private, the private Mass too. So now it's impossible for me to celebrate the private Mass. Even outside of church where the public are, are masses, no one can even come to you privately to have a mass. My priestly work is, is finished. That's why my, the name I put to my the, the letter to Pope Francis, the letter I've published in Twitter and Facebook, the, the title of the letter was Priestly Death. So it's my priestly death. It's not possible for me now to, to, to do what a priest has to do. Are you able, Father, to offer a Mass all by yourself? If I'm alone, I can celebrate the Mass. This is, this is called the private Mass. The private Mass, I'm alone. I'm alone. There is no, nobody. Maybe one, one person, a ministry, a ministry, maybe. But now, nobody, no Mass. No Mass is no Mass. And there was a condition, there was a condition, if... I want to keep the private mass, I have to stop criticizing for Francis. That's why in my letter, I, I, I wrote that it's impossible for me to stop because there is something, there are many things wrong, but Paul Francis has to correct. So if since 2016, he, does, he, he didn't want to correct them, it's not normal. So I can't stop. We give him, we give him too much time to, to make his rectification. So if he doesn't want to do his rectification, that means that uh, he's in the wrong, in the wrong path and he wants to remain in the wrong path. So if he wants to remain in the wrong path, so I will remain in the good criticism of the Pope. You see. So I'm not against Pope Francis, but I'm against the errors of Pope Francis. He have he must correct them because it's important for the church and for the faithful of the church. Father, can you tell us with those in South Africa, excuse me, in West Africa, with whom you've been in touch, Catholics that you've seen perhaps, have you seen any effect from Pope Francis's false teaching? Yes, yes, of course, of course. People are aware of what, what's happening and they are disappointed. Many are disappointed. Many, many, many. 
sunset, uh, is a warm pop, uh, is a false pop, is not like pop, pop, jump, pop, uh, jump, pop, too. He's not like Benedict. We understand now what's happened with Pope Benedict, but his enemies do all to, to, to make him gone. And now they, they, they put Pope Francis, who is the, the best friend, who won the ideas of the, of the world. You understand? People are aware. People know that there is something wrong with Pope Francis. So that's why it's important for Pope Francis to clearly show that he wants to make a rectification that he wants to be a good pop, a true pop of the Catholic Church. Have you seen any reactions from young people that have had their faith distorted? For instance, in with, with young people that I know, a lot of them have suggested, hey, there's this new thing with the Pope. We are able now to engage in sexual activity that the Church had traditionally called sinful, but it's all okay now. We've had mothers who have always prayed for the conversion of their sons who are in homosexual relations, and then saying, oh, we don't have to do that anymore. The Pope is okay with it now. The church has moved on. In Africa, things are different, a little bit different if you compare to Europe or United States, I don't know United States. I, I know more Europe because I live in Italy for three years and in Spain for three years. My experience is not too long. It's little experience. But here, the traditions uh, concerning some aspects of the sexuality, we, we, we still have a strong traditional uh, thought about it. So... People see that Pope Francis is going a bad way. He's going. He, he's taking a bad, a bad way, a bad, a bad road. And no, in my experience with the young people, the students I, I used to, to help, no, on the contrary, they know that Pope Francis is wrong, and they know that they have to to fight to to leave the, the doctrine of the church about sexuality. It's not always easy. There are difficulties, but the difficulties are not an excuse to not leave the, the, the doctrine of the church. So I will give you an example. I think it, it could help you understand better. Last month or two months ago, two months ago, for the first time, for the first time in Ivory Coast, at least in my in my in what I know, but I think that I'm not wrong. Because people speak about people spoke about it for the first time in a private broadcasting, they invite a girl who is uh, homosexual. I don't know how to say it in English. Lesbian, you say it like that? Yes. For the first time, and people were were very disappointed. Many people protest about it. Yes, it was the first time. To, to see this this kind of thing in, in the in the television here make met and I met here it's something maybe in the in the in the Europe broadcasting when people see it here but here in our country it's the first time so I think we still have a strong traditional good good talk about about sexuality as you said in your letter you you've experienced in a way a, a priestly death how are you dealing with that? And what then keeps you going? Because you're obviously determined to keep going. 
what's what's your motivation to keep going and how are you dealing with the the persecution if for lack of a better word that you're suffering right now that means no it's not possible for for Pope Francis or anyone to to leave the, the, the priesthood it's it's with the sacrament is something which is in me it's a, a gift of God the gift of God and the graces of God are something God, 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 God doesn't give and, uh, and want to take take back no God when God give he, 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 he give you for for forever so so about priestly priesthood uh, my priesthood is in me and nobody can can take it it's impossible so it's this is my motivation uh, I know that I'm, I am a priest and I always I will always be a priest even even though it's impossible to to use it now or to 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 exercise it now that I'm a priest and I will always I will be always a priest yes so it's my strong motivation and biggest motivation or no I won't say the biggest but the second motivation I will say it's Mother Mary yes because the first and biggest motivation is my priesthood is Jesus Christ and the second is Mother Mary so Our Lady is all the priests because she said that she is the mother of all priests so I'm sure that if a priest is in difficulties Mother Mary Mary is especially with him because the mothers are with the, the children which are who are in difficulties because they love them. So um, I know that Mama Mary is with me because I'm his son, uh, her son, please. And now I have difficulties and uh, I, I believe that my mother is with me. So with Jesus and with Mama Mary, it's not possible to be to be sad. No, it's not possible. Even if uh, even though there are, there are problems, but I'm happy. I'm happy. I can tell you that in addition to our Lord and Our Lady, there are many, many Catholics all over the world who are with you, who are grateful for your defense of the faith, even in the face of all of this persecution you're receiving. And we know that priests like you are the future of the Church. The persecution is a kind of misunderstanding. Maybe Pope Francis, or I don't know, my... My, my chiefs in Opusei, maybe they think that I'm against the Pope, I'm against the church. No, it's impossible. I, I could say that it's absurd to think that a, a priest could be against the church or against the Pope. No, it's because there is a problem and serious problem. So they have to solve it. If they solve a problem, we come back to the normal times. <laughs> so the problem is there and they have to solve it if they want peace in the church. It's very simple. The, the, the solution is very simple. You can keep quiet because we we are looking for them. And since 2016, there is no rectification. So it's not normal. So it's time now to, to make a rectification. And may many, many priests and bishops, religious and laid in the church, follow your example. God bless you and thank you. Thank you very much. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time.